And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. We welcome you to the Echoes of Calvary, brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. Today, Pastor Elliot preaches Romans 6, verses 21 through 23. The fruit of the switch of masters is sanctification and abundant life. We have been blessed by a great trade, a gift for a wage. Our position in Christ should dramatically affect our conduct in front of Christ. We have freedom from sin, but never freedom to sin. And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott. You know, crucifixion is always an execution. It's never a suicide. You've been co-crucified with Christ. The old you has been executed by God. Crucifixion is always an execution. Crucifixion is never a suicide. And furthermore, crucifixion is no miss. No one ever survived crucifixion. No one. Capital punishment in the states in the U.S. that have it, if you don't die by the lethal injection, then you are spared. If you don't die by being hung, if you survive for some reason the trap door doesn't open or whatever, you are set free. There were no misses in crucifixion. That form of execution was fail-proof. There were no survivors from crucifixion. And so again, I say it, our switch of masters has already been made at our conversions. And the fruit of this switch of masters is sanctification. That God would set you apart increasingly, increment by increment, for his own possession and use. Beautiful. We joyfully now can experience the abundant life of which Jesus spoke in John 10.10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We can experience living under the mastery of righteousness. We can experience the joy of an abundant life which the Lord has promised and provided as we cooperate with this divine work of sanctification. Prior to the dramatic political changes in Eastern Europe. Those who lived in Eastern Europe before those political reformations were viewed by people who lived in the so-called free world as being very deprived. And those who lived in the so-called free world enjoyed their freedoms in contrast to the Christians behind the Iron Curtain who had no freedoms. The testimonies of Christians who grew strong even under tyranny of communism gave reason to those who had political freedom to reevaluate what freedom is. Philip Hook traveled in Eastern Europe before the Berlin Wall came down and the borders opened up. And he met some followers of Jesus Christ and later made these observations, and I quote, I sat in the midst of some Eastern European young people and was thinking how fortunate I was to be an American and free. As I watched them and learned from them, I realized that they were more free than me. I was seeing freedom as being free to travel, free to own things, free to say things, while they had given up hopes of that and all that the world could materially offer them 
and had become free to be Christ's people. Hook said, I discovered that in reality, they were far freer than me. Verse 23, of course, is the last verse of the chapter and of our passage. And so, such a well-known and well-loved verse that we all ought to memorize to use in sharing our faith. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And going back to the two columns which are on your sermon outlines, which contrast slavery to sin with slavery to righteousness, a quick review, very quick. Slavery to sin began with your birth. In contrast, slavery to righteousness began with your rebirth. And slavery to sin produces increased wickedness, but slavery to righteousness produces increased holiness. And here in verse 23, it speaks to the contrast of results. Namely, slavery to sin results in the wage of death. But in contrast, slavery to righteousness results in the gift of eternal life. Did you hear it? Slavery to sin results in the wage of death. Slavery to righteousness results in the gift of eternal life. What a trade. (laughs) What a trade. What an upgrade. A gift for a wage. A gift for a wage. The best for the worst. The best, namely eternal and abundant life and the capacity to respond properly to God for the worst. Physical, spiritual, and everlasting death and imprisonment to the law of sin and death. What a trade. A gift for a wage. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just in closing, consider with me, what is eternal life? Eternal life, to begin with, is life without beginning and life without ending. It's the life of God. Eternal life has no beginning, and eternal life has no ending. But going back to your outlines, eternal life, it's fellowship with God. You can look at John 17, 3. Eternal life, it's the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Please look it up. It's the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This is eternal life. Romans 5, verse 5. Eternal life is the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. Eternal life is the life of Christ. And Jesus Christ is your Savior. Jesus Christ is your Lord. And Jesus Christ is your life because your old life was executed on a cross with Jesus. And the only life you have left to live is Christ's eternal life. Through your personality, through your web of influence, eternal life is Christ's life, which becomes our life, Colossians 3, verse 4. And the big question of Romans 6, as a whole chapter, the big question of the chapter is, are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? That's the question of verse 1. And the big answer of Romans 6 is, may it never be, God forbid, by no means. We could say in the vernacular, are you crazy? And so, brothers and sisters whom I love, when Satan whispers in your ears, why not sin? Go on. You're under God's grace. God will forgive you. When Satan whispers that, we must respond, may it never be, God forbid. 
By no means, because I'm united with Christ. Romans 6, 1 to 14. And because I am a voluntary slave of righteousness. Romans 6, 15 to 23. (laughs) This means that our position in Christ dramatically affects our conduct before Christ. Let me say that again. Your position in Christ dramatically affects your conduct before Christ. That's what the Bahamas needs to see from the church of Jesus Christ. That our position in Christ shapes our conduct before Christ. Our position in Christ, our position in life, affects our conduct. When auto executive Lee Iacocca switched from the Ford Motor Company to the Chrysler Corporation, you can bet he stopped driving a Lincoln Town Car and he started driving a Chrysler New Yorker. And in 1957, when then-President Harry S. Truman visited Disneyland, he refused to ride Dumbo the Elephant traction. Since as a Democrat, he never wanted to be seen associated with the Republicans. Our position needs to affect our conduct. Last thought. Romans 6, as a whole, 23 verses, teach us that we have freedom from sin, but never freedom to sin. We have freedom from sin, but never freedom to sin. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrow cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've saved us from the law of sin and death. We're free from it being our master. Thank you that we are now able to present our members in our toolbox to you for righteousness. May we, and may the Bahamas, legitimately watching the church like a hawk, see that we not only believe in you, but we live for you. We make choices that resemble Jesus. We love people that are not easy to love. We serve as a form of leadership. We are not expected to be served. Oh God, may our position shape our conduct. Thank you that you haven't left us alone as orphans to work out this thing called the Christian life in our own smarts and efforts. But thank you, Lord, that you've given us the precious indwelling Holy Spirit who makes the saying of no to sin and the saying of yes to righteousness possible. And thank you that you not only give us the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, but you give us the book that he wrote, the Bible. Thank you that the author of Scripture lives in the heart of the believer to help us to understand it, but more importantly, perhaps, to live it. Minister, encouragement to your people. 
Minister hope to your children. Minister peace in the living out of the Christian life to your beloved church. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas, and you're listening to another edition of Youth Talk. And today we want to continue talking about Jesus and culture. And we want to talk about how you can make a difference. How are you making an impact to those around you? You see, we need to understand that there are outcasts in this world who are in the most need of Christ. And we need to understand that how are we as believers, how are we sharing our faith? How are we telling them about Christ? How are we impacting the culture around us? And I want us to look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. And I want us to look at how Jesus calls people out of darkness into light and how Jesus called a tax collector here. And he's telling them to come as the, as the world around him was like, what are you doing, Jesus? And this is what it said in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9. It says this, And Jesus went on from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, when he heard this, he said, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, but I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. I think we need to understand here that we have to be very careful with this text as well. Because there will be some people who will tell you that, you know what, then you don't need no relationship with believers. That you need to just be taking your, you know, your time with unbelievers and try to talk to them about Christ. But the reality is this, is that we need to have believers in our corner. We need to have believers who we need to, to find encouragement from. We need to find believers who will, uh, you know, be there for us. But what this is saying is that we need to look at the world and we need to understand this. How can I make an impact? How can I reach others for Christ? You see, Matthew would have been a person who many would have thought there's no way Jesus wanted anything to do with him. Here it is. He's a tax collector. And let's be honest. We don't like tax collectors. We don't like people as we come into the airport who want to collect duties from us. We don't like those people because... We would love to just pass on by and have to pay no duty. But that's not the reality. The reality is we have to pay taxes. And when we see people coming to us to collect money, we would almost run. But here it is. Jesus is running towards Matthew and saying, look, I want you to follow me. Now, Matthew could have done this as well. Matthew could have said, what do you want with me, Jesus? I'm just a tax collector. I'm a person that, you know, maybe rob the people. I, you know, collect taxes, you know, people don't like me, you know, there's no way that this is for real. But what does it say that he he did? Jesus said, follow me, and he got up and followed him. The question comes to us is this, what are we doing? You know, we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves Christians, and and as we think, uh, as a young person, as we think of, you know, the things that, that we love to hold on to, What are you doing with what God has given you? What are you doing with the friends that God has given you? Are you making an impact in those friends? Are you telling them about Christ, showing them Christ? Let's be honest. There are a lot of us who are listening to this broadcast who we have friends who our parents don't approve of. 
And our parents have probably told us over and over that they do, do not want us to hang with them. They don't want us to, to be involved with them because we know eventually they're going to tear you down, bring you down. And this is why this is very you know, key here that we need to understand that Jesus is Jesus. He's 100% man, 100% God. You know, he can, he can you know, go out and eat tax collectors and eat with sinners and he won't sin. But we need to be careful and we need to understand that we have to have this in small doses. That as we think of our friends, our friends need to be born again believers. Our friends need to be people who are going to encourage us. But we need to have those people who we can share our faith with, who need to hear about Jesus Christ. We need to be there for them. And I think too many times, and I know in my life, when I consider, you know, my friends as I was a teenager, it was so easy for me to follow the, those, those teenagers who didn't want anything to do with God. And they would bring me down so quickly, even though I was going to church, even though I was, you know, attending everything that I could when the church doors open, it didn't matter because I had so much effect from those on the outside that it really didn't matter what was going on the inside. We all need to recognize that as, as Jesus is saying in verse 12, he says this, Now when we, he had heard, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, as a believer, we need to understand that God has called us to share his name. He has called us to make an impact. He has called us to make his name famous. You see, we're all about making a name for ourselves, but what about making the name of Jesus famous? Because Jesus is the one that offered us salvation, who gave us salvation, who came to this earth and died on the cross for our sin to give us this relationship, to give us a hope that we would not have. The question becomes to us, are we willing to look at the life of Matthew and say, you know what, I'm ready to drop everything and follow Christ. I'm ready to give up on what it is I was doing to follow Christ completely. Because this is what it says, that he got up and followed him. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm holding on to this morning that would stop me from making an impact of what, of what God would want me to do? What is it that I need to give up? What is it that, that I need to say, God, here it is, and use me to bring honor and glory to you? I would challenge you this morning to ask yourself, how can you make an impact to those around you, to those who live in the house with you? How can I make an impact? And now, today's personal God story. Well, I'm pleased this morning to have in the radio studio my friend and my brother in Christ, Duet Simonette. Good morning, Duet. Good morning, Pastor Good to have you with us. We're going to have a little chat together, and mm -hmm. in so doing, we're going to let the listeners in on some of your life experiences that are uh, important to know about because some of their life experiences may be similar. Now, um, at some point, there was a, uh, a falling out between you and your dad. Yes. And uh, you wound up uh, outside of the home. Would you like to talk about okay. that? Oh, yes. Okay. What happened was uh, my father had a problem with, with women. Like most of our common, ordinary business people. God bless them and, 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 and uh, they have positions and um, 
at all. Serenade uh, take care of the family uh, dedicated to, to, to take care of. Uh, uh, they leave that family and they go t- take care of other, somebody else's family. Yes. Instead of, the, instead of the money coming home to reach your child. Right. It's going to other places. So what happened was um, my daddy had many women in his life. He wasn't satisfied with one. And and he knew that he he knew that he knew he, he was the man of the hour of the time. So uh, what caused my mother to leave him was uh, she said it was hard uh, for him having these women and she being there. But she said, but one day when one of those women became to come to be her baby sister, that's when she decided to leave. She couldn't take it. She said that was a straw which broke. The count's back. So she said, only take it say, and say, only take one straw to break the camel's back. You know? So she told us all that. She told us all that she was going to leave him, you know? And of course, she told me. And uh, well, I supposed to be my daddy, good friend. If anything going to happen, he, he expects that I should come and let him know or brief him. Well, what's gonna happen? But pass on this one. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. No. So uh, uh, before I was fourteen, I was still thirteen. It was uh, fourteen. Did he got fourteen? Yeah, he was put out of school anyway. He had to leave. But what you did now was too bad, you know. But anyhow, uh, when when he found that she was gone, she was gone. He came to me. He said to it. Say, why did you tell me that your mother was going to leave me? So I lied to him. I said, Daddy, uh, <laughs> I say, uh, I said, I didn't know. I didn't know. And he told me some things, which was truthful. Well, uh, he said, you know, you knew that your mother was going to leave you, going to leave me. See, now because you didn't tell me, you're going to suffer the consequences. And I didn't know it was going to be as rough as what it was past it. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so you asked me a question, I guess. Say, do you know it is to maintain yourself? I said, yes, sir. And I didn't know you were talking about I was just saying yes because you would say yes. And he told me, say, you saying yes to these questions. He said, but you don't know it, but you'll soon find out what it was. Now, at that time, all my sisters was in Nassau, my mother's in Nassau at this time. And uh, so he came to me like every time when the joint closed, you know, he come, come, he, he would come to me and ask me the same question over and over. And I, you know, I didn't change it, stick to my statement. So anyhow, he say, you're lying. And because you lied to me, you're going you gonna to pay the consequences of it. <laughs> so let me tell you something. This is what he said to me. He said, let me tell you something, son. He said, Mama left Papa nine times. He <laughs> said, every time she, she, every time Mama left Papa, she came and told her, oh, so she's going to leave. That's all. That's why I know that you lied because, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes children think, but they tell the people, oh, no, all the people that you think, yeah, 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 you know, they, no, but they've been there. No, 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 they think. But, 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 but my position was to be that, um, then at that time, I was taking care, I was, it was six brothers under me, I was taking care of them, because not doing anything. 
until my dad decided, okay, my punishment is going to start. What he's going to do, he stopped bringing food to the house. So he took the food to his sister's house and told them that I'm going to be punished, that she would be taking care of the food for the children, but I must be excluded. So now um, uh, she was afraid of him. And uh, like everybody was afraid of him. I mean, my daddy was a bully. And a big bully is nothing but a big coward at the end of the day. They only they, they only take advantage of people who they can take advantage of. So anyway, um, the food was taken out. Now, okay, um, he didn't put me out of the house. He didn't put me out of the house like that, but I supposed to take care of myself. So anyhow, I, I stayed there around there the rocks on and um, wasn't having nothing to eat, no food. And then again, I went to his people. My people had to call Andy and Uncle. I said, I'm hungry, please. Give me something to eat, I'm hungry. Do you know what it is to smell an island pot cooking and bread bacon and, 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 and you're hungry and you're asking, and what am I asking for? The, the bottom of the pot, the pot cake, bitch, say, no, 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 no. That's for my chickens and my fishes. Say, look. So your father make more money than anybody in the If he wanted to take care of you, he would take care of you. Which was the truth. There wasn't wrong with that. But possible what I saw. I saw, and me, I saw myself a child. Innocent. And um, and I hold the people which was not my family or parents just as gives as much. Because um uh, 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 I mean, um, you know, you, you, if a person is an adult who can defend for themselves, it's different, but an innocent child. How old were you when this started? <sighs> started before I was 14. 13? Yeah, yeah, it was my time 14, yeah. Wow. You have been listening to The Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Due to concerns regarding COVID-19, we will not have a worship service today at our location on Collins Avenue. Instead, we will be streaming our service online this morning at 10.30 a.m. You can gain access to the service at www.calvarybible.org.bs or you can find us at CBC Body on Facebook. Our stream will also be held there. We encourage your comments, and you can write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs the Savior. <laughs>